Welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny. Okay, welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. And I'm Dan. Where's John? I know John. John's at the dentist. Uh-oh. Cracked a tooth. Uh-oh. He's in pain. Yeah. Well. He says he can't eat anything, so I said, well, why don't you just drink beer instead? <laughs> but he never responded. <laughs> so he's probably getting yep. drilled and filled right now. Emergency dental. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. Well, Poor John. I can understand that. So I've been there. Well, uh, yeah, me too. Well, we'll we'll let him by on this Maybe one. Maybe a spirit cracked him in the mouth and knocked yeah. his tooth loose or something. Because <laughs> that's happened before too, right? <laughs> that's true. Yes. Well, he's going to miss a good one because we have a guest we'll introduce a little later on. We will. But uh, you had some uh, some action this week. Yeah. You saw the pictures too, right? Yes. On the Facebook page? Or, yes, I did, yeah. Or not, actually, no, I haven't, I haven't put post them on the Facebook page. Yet. Oh, okay. But uh, Tony from SHIP, Strange Happenings Investigators of the Paranormal, and I... We're called to uh, uh, a young single mom's home in mm-hmm. Guelph, and she was having some bizarre things going on in the house. And they've been going on for a while, but they've been picking up lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are moving on their own. She's seeing shadow people. She's hearing uh, people running up and down the hall, uh, oh. up the stairs even. Um, and her daughter is seeing things, and she's waking up screaming in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. all, all that sort of good things. So Tony and I went to the home, and uh, lots of activity. As soon as I walked in, I could see two spirits, one standing in the kitchen and one on the first step leading to the second level. And it's a townhome unit, um, and tons of orbs. Uh-huh. Like when I was taking pictures of the stairs leading to the basement and the actual basement, uh, Tons of orbs. And you saw the pictures. Yes. And I will put them on the Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, they were put on the ship page or the private page. But Yes, for yeah. now. But uh, the the girl was telling me, the, the lady that lives there, that there was a strange um, symbol mm-hmm. uh, of characters, different, different characters on the wall. Right. And her ex-boyfriend, who did live with her, he painted over it. And as soon as he painted over it, she says he went from, you know, super nice guy, mm-hmm. you know, gentle, uh, caring kind of person, and he just became angry and intolerant of everything, and uh, just, it was like a total Jekyll and Hyde right. kind of thing. And I guess she broke up with him and asked him to leave, and he did, which was good. But it was as soon as she covered up the symbol. Thankfully, she took a picture of it before he covered it up and she sent it to me and she said like can you figure this out yeah and I put it out on some different Facebook pages and finally it was uh, mm-hmm. the other Dan from mm-hmm. ship who figured it out that it was a Reiki symbol right and it was a, uh, the white white light symbol of protection or something right and apparently a couple of different religions use this symbol uh, it's prominent in Asia in different uh, Parts of the, or different parts of Asia, and uh, we're thinking that maybe the previous homeowner was mm-hmm. having issues, or you know, with the paranormal in the house, and someone came in and painted this protection symbol on on the wall, yeah. and when Buddy painted over it, 
everything got worse again. And uh, right. unfortunately, the mom and her her little girl are suffering for it. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to help them out. Um, yeah. And it was funny, when we were down in the room where the symbol used to be, uh, that's where we got tons of, like, mist missed like ectoplasm pictures yeah like, that you saw yeah exactly weird orbs like like flying in an arc mm-hmm. arc shape and and it was really bizarre yeah and then and there's a punching bag that hangs from the ceiling because i guess her now boyfriend mm-hmm. goes down there and works out and stuff yeah but tony and i were sitting there talking and taking pictures the punch bag started to move hmm. and we're right? like like not crazy, but yeah, you know, but a few still. inches to side to side, mm-hmm. and we're looking at each other. I said, "Do you touch that?" And he's like, "No," and we're we're trying to, you know. I mean, it's it's a concrete basement. It's unfinished. There's exposed rafters, so it's not like there's nothing that's going to move it on its own. Mm-hmm. And there was nobody walking on the main level above us to make any vibrations go through the floorboards. Right. So I stopped the bag. And I let go, and not 45 seconds later, doesn't it start to sway back and forth again? Is that right? <laughs> and, Tony, and, and then, you know, Tony and I are looking at each other like, well, whatever. You know, we tried to debunk it, but it's moving on its own. Mm-hmm. And we went back upstairs, and I called her down from the third level. Like, it's a townhome, right? So they always have yep. funky levels. And she says, oh, did you see the... The punching bag move at all when you were down there? <laughs> and Tony was like, oh, okay. Confirmation. Yeah, yeah, confirmation. So she says it does it all the time. Yeah. And it freaks her right out. You know, she she won't go down to the basement after dark, mm-hmm. do laundry or whatever else. Or, right. And uh, I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah. I think there's a, I think there might be a ley line or something going through the property, that through the be. area. Yeah. Or someone brought something in. Yeah. Years ago, it's just never left. Right. And that protection symbol. Yeah, was put up was, for a reason. was doing its job. Yeah. Because when you go outside on to the front yard, right at the window into the room that has the punching bag, mm-hmm. there's a, a flat rock. You know, it's about a square foot. Yeah. Square, you know, and uh, it has that same symbol mm-hmm. on it. So I told her, I said, well, bring that rock inside maybe put it in your daughter's room like put it on her shelf or lean it against the yeah you know the the the, the wall near her bed or whatever and see if mm-hmm. it helps so she's going to do that and and yeah. uh, if nothing improves i guess we'll have to right yeah um, I, I did a little research myself on, on the and, symbol and yeah, uh it says like white light uh, is is what it's represented by it, it says it gives off white light, a vibration that should be painted exactly as shown oh. and that can be hung on the wall of your sanctuary. And then there's a prayer below it. Uh, and I don't know whether that's the symbols of the words that are on there or not, mm. but uh, it is uh, infinite God, creator and giver of all life. We bow in reverence before thee. We pray that the light surround all those whose names are presented here on thy altar. So whether it's a symbol that uh, would be hung, and it does look very Asian, I don't know whether it's... Well, Reiki, I think, originated in Japan. Right. Or from a Japanese practitioner. But, like, when I looked at it, usually I'm pretty good at recognizing characters Mm because I have Chinese and Koreans in my family. Yeah. But I looked at it, and I was like, oh... You know, and one of the symbols in the middle kind of looked almost Arabic. Right. You know, but then... 
But Arabic goes side to side, not up and down. Like, That's right. Like the uh, Chinese and Japanese characters, right? Yeah. So they're very particular about symbols in Reiki being done exactly as they are. Is that why that's So when said they that teach there? you Reiki, like I have my second degree, so when they teach you Reiki, it's very important that you remember and know exactly the symbols when you're using them because if you get one symbol, one part of the symbol wrong, it then it work. can change the energy of what oh, you're really? intending to use it for. Oh. And then yeah. painting over it, that's just... Yeah. You, sacrilege. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, this this strange voice you're Sorry. hearing the yeah. strange female voice here <laughs> is Couldn't our guest <laughs> and we have amy joining us and amy's got a lot of cool personal ghost stories i do mm-hmm. and uh she's going to tell us some of them so amy you're uh in around midwestern ontario yeah. or central ontario yeah or, yeah. yeah and uh but not far had, from me not far from dan right yeah. And you've had some experiences in the northern country, is that right? Yeah, some like Georgian Bay area, and right. um, and sort of all over. Like um, I've had stuff in my own home. I've had stuff mm-hmm. elsewhere. My husband and I have had a couple joint um, experiences together. Not a couple of joints. No, well, <laughs> a couple of no. experiences together right <laughs> yeah but yeah it is legal right. in canada it is legal. Yeah. no yeah. judgment here <laughs> now <laughs> just just to sober. set it up too for the uh the listeners out there especially the ones that aren't familiar with ontario uh we do have a huge cottage country yes yeah and uh which stretches all along like huron shoreline and oh my God, it stretches yeah. for hundreds of miles yeah massive yeah. in the, the northern parts of ontario uh, the country, it, it just has tons of cottages, many rich cottages. Yes. Many rich, uh, yes, you go up areas. to the Muskoka region, you've got, <laughs> you've got Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn have got a cottage That's up right. there. And Martin Short. Of, Martin Short. I think Tom Hanks had a cottage yeah, up there I briefly. Think so too. And, yeah. uh, Lots of hockey players. Shania Twain. Yeah. Shania that's Twain. That's yep, right. That's right. Up in Huntsville. Mm-hmm. So those are the cottages you can't afford, though. That's right. <laughs> no, no. But those I think Amy they... has one. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. In my dreams, in maybe. In dreams. Yeah. So do you want to start with the cottage stories? Sure. Or? Yeah. So it's actually a, a camp, and I won't say the okay. name because it's a kid's summer camp, so maybe not great for their publicity. Uh, but I've <laughs> gone, I've, you know, had gone there as a child and staff and... Um, and so lots of history there. And, um, so the big thing, so this is on an, uh, it, it's, there's an, Georgian Bay is huge and has lots and lots of islands. So uh, lots of activity, right? Because of the water and, um, a lot of indigenous history in that area. So, uh, even looking historically at the area, there's been lots of habitant people through history that have you know even various indigenous groups so not just Ojibwe Mm -hmm. but Huron and like so lots of different um Mm -hmm. so it's lots of activity that way and I would say um on where the campsite where we were is very active and there's lots of spirit stuff that have happened and lots of people besides myself who've noticed things but I would say there was a period of time where they were doing an archaeological dig because they were finding so many artifacts from mainly from indigenous times. So I think that really like stirred up a lot mm. of the spiritual activity. So that was right around the time that I spent a lot of time there. And um, so a lot of different, yeah. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's yeah. tapping over Someone's there. Someone's knocking over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there was lots of... Um, 
like various things like both seeing spirits, feeling spirits, um, like so many different experiences by different people. So the one in particular, there's a little girl that lots of people have seen in, you know, people would be preparing food in the kitchen and look up and she'd be standing outside the window. And so I saw her one night and I was um, coming in pretty late to my cabin. I was a counselor at the time. Sorry, am I banging? That's me banging. Um, so that she's, I'm coming into bed really late the one night and I had gotten into bed and was about to go to sleep and I'm a very messy person. So I had just pulled my sweater off and thrown it on the floor. And it was one of those big like wool knit sweaters because this would have been in August. So it would have been pretty cold. And I threw it on the ground and got into bed. And, um, and then uh, I had a co-counselor and I had gone to sleep, or trying to sleep, opened my eyes, and the girl was standing, I was in a top bunk, but she's standing at the base of my bed, and she's got my sweater on. Oh. <laughs> the spirit has my sweater on, and I'm like, this is really bizarre. And I was like, I'm seeing things, like I'm just gonna shut my eyes again. And I opened them, and she's still standing there with it on. Did you know she was a spirit, or did you think it was an actual kid? That no, was... I knew she was a spirit. Okay. Like, I've, and... I've, I had, like, mm -hmm. We had talked about this spirit before, and so I knew. Okay, so she you was knew a about the spirit. I knew of the about the spirit, yep. and I knew that this is what she looked like. And you could tell she wasn't like a real mm -hmm. child. Right. And I also knew who all the kids in my cabin were, so I knew it wasn't her. Mm -hmm. And so then I like closed my eyes again, and then my co-counselor says to me across the way, she called me by my maiden last name. So she says my last name. She's like did you see that? And I was like, I did. And she was like, what the fuck? I, I don't know, dude. Like that was really weird. And she, and so anyway, we were like, oh, well, we'll just go to sleep. So we go to sleep. And the next morning, my sweater was folded and I had like a trunk that had, I had brought all my stuff up for the summer in and it was folded and placed on my trunk which I would never in a million years have folded it at like two in the morning and put it on my trunk. So the spirit had like taken it off, folded it, put it on the trunk. And then my co-counselor says to me the next morning, like, what was that? And I said, I don't know. Did you see her in my sweater? And she goes, I didn't see the sweater, but I definitely saw the little girl standing at the edge of your bed. Mm. And she had been in the cabin for a while. So she had been sleeping and woke up and saw it at the same time that I saw it. Yeah. Um, so that was one. That's and then cool. either that summer, like I was on staff for about three summers. So they're all kind of meshed together. But so it might have been that same summer. And there was really one area. So that cabin that I was in, I always say it's the most haunted. Like, I don't know if it's because there's a path right beside it. And so it's like a, a throughway. And so like mm -hmm. it sort of gets a lot of the activity. Um, but out in front of that cabin, so I was again still, or again, the counselor in that cabin. And we were going up to like a banquet that night. And my friend who was counseling in the next cabin had like an issue with a kid. So we were late. Everyone else was already up at the dining hall um, for this banquet. And I was waiting for her. And then she came out and just yelled at me, okay, I'm ready. And so we walked together to meet in the middle in front of our two cabins. And when we got together, all of a sudden we both could hear something coming. 
and we looked and nothing was there and then we felt this huge whoosh like went right through us like we could both feel it and we both looked at each other and she just grabbed my hand and we ran up to the dining hall where everyone else was and we got there and everyone's like you guys look like you've seen a ghost <laughs> and we said well we didn't see it but we heard it, <laughs> we heard we it felt and it. we felt it but we definitely didn't see anything right so uh yeah so that was um that incident Mm-hmm. But just so much of that, like that site was just so, right. it just became sort of normal for all, like everybody kind of talked about it. Everybody knew about it. Did the kids ever come up to the counselors and say, hey, uh, what's with this little girl or what's with this weird thing? Or Not really. Like, I don't, I, not that I recall, but you know, I'm right. like 17 and like, mm-hmm. who knows? Like, it's possible that they. a couple they, years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, like five. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's it's possible, but I don't recall ever, like, having kids. I know kids were often scared and that, but it's hard to say because they're away at summer camp and it's yeah, dark. They're and, away from mom and dad. And... Yeah, and it was at that time, um, like, the camp has been sort of renovated since, but at that time the cabins were pretty old. I think they were built in the 50s, so they just had, like, old shutters, like, no, no mm-hmm. sealed windows. The door we had to put what we call death rocks, like big rocks in front of the door to keep it shut at night because it wouldn't, it wouldn't <laughs> like latch. <laughs> yeah. and, and the raccoons would come in. If you didn't oh, put yeah. the rocks yeah. in front right. that you'd have raccoons cruising around your cabin at night. Um, so we, you know, so again, lots of different noises and stuff. So kids were certainly like nervous, and but I don't ever remember them coming and asking specifically about seeing mm-hmm. anything in particular. Mm. But definitely lots of, uh, mm-hmm. and people still, some people still talk about it. Some people don't want to talk about it. Right. That's um, typical too, right? Was yeah. Was there ever a, a story behind what the little girl was? Well, she was definitely indigenous. So oh, okay. I, we would think she was probably from, like there was definitely people who lived on that, the indigenous yeah. groups that lived on that site at various different times. And the Hurons yeah. are very, were in that area Huron well. and Ojibwe yeah. were the two big ones in that area. And mm. there was evidence of both either living there or at least trading and passing through like there. Killing each other. Yeah, but there were, when they originally founded the camp um, in the early 1900s, they called that, they, they, there was chimneys there, like old chimneys had been, had, so they had, there was definitely like lots of different groups that had lived on that site at various times and there was lots of, so, and then I think just with the archaeological stuff going on, it was just really dredging it up because, you know, you can still feel there's still a really, and it's usually very positive, but there's a huge energy about that particular camp and like the feeling of that camp and you can still feel it. But I would say it's not as active as it used to be like at that time. Mm-hmm. I was just up there this fall and um, my dad who really wants to see stuff would like, there's an area called, well, this is the other thing that's cool. There's an area called the baseball diamond. And my dad would like walk out there at night by himself and just sit out there and hope to see something. He hasn't yet. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so I would say there's less activity there now than there once was, but there is this cool area and it's, separate from where all the cabins and the dining hall is and you actually have to take a path to get to it and it's this great it's like everything else is all treed and it's this huge area and it's just a big hole and it's all sand in the middle of the forest basically Mm. and it's totally cleared there i have no idea nobody 
sort of knows the history around why that clearing's there. Nothing there grows there ever. Yeah. yeah, it's just sand. Like it's like a big sand pit, um, and nothing grows. But there's trees all around it. Like if you walked out off the sandy mm. part, you'd be in the woods, like in the deep, right. thick woods. Mm. But in that, it's not like area, it was created not. by man. Like let's 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 put a volleyball. Yeah, here, but know. I don't. Yeah. S- they wouldn't have been able to truck the sand in, for no, example, right? No. So it's not like they could. It's come all. And uh, just it's part of the Canadian Shield it too. Is. And it's all yeah. rocks, you know, underneath yeah. the ground. And yeah, you really see sand be, there uh, that much. No, that would no. be uh, quite the undertaking. F- you know, if you didn't have bulldozers and mm-hmm. dynamite to blast through the rock and everything too. Yeah. Now you have a, a story about the beach and a spirit. Oh too. yes, yeah, yeah. So. Um, we had somebody, unfortunately, uh, so near the camp, they have like national park or public like campsites and boating areas and stuff. Cause again, it's Georgian Bay. And so on one of the public sites, uh, one of the days, a guy dove off the back of his boat and died instantly. And we were on site and he hit responded. a rock or something, right? No, it was just shallow water. Oh, it's like two feet of water. Into two right. feet of water and snapped his neck. But yeah was definitely dead immediately. Like my uh, colleague and I were like, yeah, we're doing CPR, but we're like, this is right. We'll just do this till the coast guard comes. But honestly there he's gone. And so then later that night, um, my husband and I were down at the main dock and, uh, with our dog at the time. And the dog was kind of being weird or something. And my husband looked over and there was like a, what he, he thought was female. It was like a white, person on the it's kind of like a, a peninsula that sticks out and so he saw that and then I looked and saw just sort of like disappear like I just sort of saw a light so I didn't see like an actual figure but I could see the light leaving almost like a full-size person so not like an orb but it was light and so then my husband we'd had a lot because it was a long weekend so my husband um, was like I need to go like make sure there's nobody on site because he didn't assume it was paranormal and so he's like i need to make sure there aren't people on site so he took the dog and walked down to the back area like there's another back dock area and he ran into two people and said like were you guys just out like i just saw somebody out on the point and they said no but did you see did you see that and my husband's like well what what mm-hmm. did I see? What did you see? And yeah. he, they said, oh, yeah, like we, our buddy died today at the boats and we saw him walking along the beach. So we were just following him. And my husband was like, he didn't say anything to them, but he was like, what I saw would, looked female, but maybe it was. It was more than one, maybe. Maybe there was more than one. And so he, he was like, okay, well, that's, yeah, too, like, too bad about your friend. You guys got to leave sight. Like, you're not allowed to be on here. So, mm-hmm. you know, go on, get. But that was sort of the extent of his conversation with them. But they were certain they saw their friend walking down the beach after he had died. That Which could totally, I mean, yeah. because of the way he died so suddenly. Right. It's quite possible he had no idea that he was even dead. And no. he was just walking along the so, beach trying so to figure out what was going on. what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to uh, the whole uh, lakes and oceans. I mean, you often hear stories of, uh, uh, well, even the big ships that go down and, and the crews that are seen are ghost ships and yes. everything. 
Uh, and, you know, I believe, uh, well, the, the lakes, uh, our lakes here in Ontario are just full of, like, oh, uh, you shipwrecks know, shipwrecks. Yeah. So, and especially George and snowmobile seats yeah. at the bottom <laughs> of the lake. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Uh, and I, I totally believe that, uh, you know. a Canadian joke for those people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. Because when, when the lakes freeze, guys take their snowmobiles out and you always well, hear the story of the guy. Yeah. Going through the ice and drowning, Went or even early. their vehicles, they'll bring mm-hmm. them out to, well, to ice fish. It's big know. up there in that Georgian Bay area. They, yeah. they drive trucks out onto the ice yeah. all the time, and you hear stories about the trucks going through the yeah. ice too. Buddy's brand new seventy thousand dollar truck going to the bottom of the lake with him <laughs> in yeah. it. Yeah. He's trying to save it. Yeah. But yeah, so that that was that was sort of. I mean, there's lots of things that have happened, and for a long time, I was afraid to be alone on site up there because you just right. felt like you were always going to run into something or Oh, yeah. Well, even or... just the negative feeling of actually seeing a person that had passed yeah. and then trying to help what you knew, you yeah. know, so you, you certainly have that that negative feeling throughout the whole day. and Yeah, well, and yeah. the creepiest time would be to be up there like in the fall when kids camp is done and there's hardly anyone around and it's really quiet and so you're kind of always walking around going like, yeah. I'm going to run into something <laughs> or see something. But yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. but then it just becomes after a while because you get so used to it, it sort of just becomes less scary. And so now nowadays if I see mm-hmm. stuff, I just don't really react so much except the joint stuff that happened to my husband and I it happened twice it was almost the same thing twice in two different spots so the first time we were in a motel outside of Banff and it was like one of those just those creepy little roadside motels yeah (laughs) one of those yeah um and it we were um sleeping and uh, we both woke, and we were talking about it last night because I said, like, let's talk about this and see if our if our recollection of it is the same. So I had him tell me. And we both remember, we're not sure why we woke up. Like, something woke us. It was almost like a startle wake. And we both felt like an intense pressure on our chest, almost like someone's sitting on your chest. And we opened our eyes, and there was something floating right over our bodies, really close, like in our mm. face. And it was not nice. Like whatever it was was terrifying. Was we it were like both... in the shape of a person or like a mass of something? No, it was like more um, like a cloak. Yeah, more cloaked, and like we could see, like it was a scary looking face. Like we could see the face, but it wasn't nice. Like it was. And it was, the whole feeling of it was really the big thing, though. Like, it sucked our air right out of us. And we both had this feeling of being paralyzed for a couple of seconds. Like, Mm. couldn't move, couldn't breathe, couldn't speak. And then it was gone. And then we were both like, what was that? Like, what? We, We were just beside ourselves. And I think that night we got up and left. We were like, we're, we're out of here. We just got up and left. Mm-hmm. The next time it happened. Should have splurged on a Best Western. <laughs> something a little nicer. I actually think what happened was it was a snow, a freak snowstorm in May. And oh. so we just had to pull over wherever well, it is we Alberta. could pull over. They have wacky yeah. weather. Yeah. And so it was like this weird, mm-hmm. out of nowhere, we were driving and all of a sudden it's, we're in this like blizzard and we were like, we have to pull over wherever we can. And so we ended up in this... Yeah. you know, crazy little motel. <laughs> mm. um, and the next time it happened was several years later, um, like probably at least 
eight or nine years later. And we were in um, Phoenix, Arizona. We were traveling with friends. We'd gone to Vegas and the Grand Canyon and then went to Phoenix. And we were going to fly out the next morning. And so we were actually sharing a hotel room with our friends. So we were in one bed and they were in the other. They know nothing. They they didn't even want to, or maybe they just didn't want to talk about it the next day, but they seemed like they didn't know anything about it. But the exact same thing happened. My mm-hmm. husband and I woke up. This thing was floating over us. Same kind of same, thing? It looked the same. Like we both, we talked about it last night. We both swear it was the exact yeah. same thing. And same reaction, like fully paralyzed, no. couldn't breathe. Like whatever it was had us almost pinned to the bed, like where we couldn't move, couldn't breathe, couldn't respond. And then it was gone. And we were both like, what? And our friends sort of were like, we don't know what you're talking about. And was it another like sketchy little motel? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like it was a. I think that one was like a two story, but it wasn't. Maybe it was like a, a representative nice... from Expedia or yeah. Travago, and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah." You know? Although the one out in Banff, this was way before that time. Mm, yeah. So reminds me of the story when we interviewed the monsters of Schlock when they had that spirit that they were in the bunk beds yeah. and they when they. Each one one had a story. One saw the bottom half of the spirit, and the other saw the top oh. half. And, they, and it was just floating there. And yeah, was, floating. And they were both like, "We're really tired. Would like to go to bed now." Yeah. <laughs> and then, but Mark Leslie, the author that we had on, he yeah. had a similar experience. And I think he was in Virginia, mm-hmm. where they were in a, you know, cheap little motel, and uh, he he woke up and he saw a female walk across the room and go into the bathroom, and he rolled over in his. Mm-hmm. girlfriend or whatever was laying next to him and he was like hmm and he yeah. got, you know and him being yeah know, the scaredy cat that he is <laughs> just was like oh i'm not getting out of bed and then he asked her later like did you get up to you know he started second guessing like did you get up to pee she's like no no i slept all through the night and he's like uh, mm-hmm. you know yeah so there's another woman in the you know in the motel chain yeah, and she, and she exactly disappeared mm-hmm. tell me amy about um when when did you really start to believe in in spirits yeah. and uh, any experiences as a young child? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it started when I was like pretty little. I, the mm-hmm. I remember mostly I was pretty sick with some weird virus when I was about nine, mm-hmm. eight or nine, and um, and I so I spent a lot of time in bed, and I can remember from that time period seeing um mostly shadow people in my closet and they would just be standing in the closet and I was I remember being like scared by it because they're not supposed to be in my closet but Mm -hmm. I also looking back think they were actually watching over me like because I was so sick like I don't Mm -hmm. actually think they were benevolent or anything in, in any way I think they were just sort of standing there watching over me because I was so sick and they would just stand in the closet and Could you watch. make any features out on them? Male or female? Or No, they were really just shadowy like it was right. hard to maybe male, like I think I remember one with like a fedora kind of hat on it but oh, I... My, that's not a good thing No way? Eh? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, so maybe they weren't nice. I, I don't I just remember, all, I remember being scared. We know all about the hat man okay. shadow guy. Okay, okay. So. But did, did you didn't feel fear though? I uh, did as a kid. Oh, and you did. As yeah, a kid. Okay. as a kid, I felt scared. But I, yeah. looking back, thought, well, maybe I was just scared because you're not supposed to have shot like the boogeyman in your closet, yeah, <laughs> right? right? Like that's yeah. pretty scary. Yeah. And um, and so I believed like right from as a kid all the way through, and um, 
like really pretty open family about it too. Like my whole right. family, as I said, my dad trying to go yeah. out and see stuff in the baseball diamond. And so what was your dad's interest in? Just he must have had stuff happen as well. I guess he really hasn't. He says he really hasn't seen anything and yeah. he would like to, but he definitely believes in all of that stuff and he's very right. open to it. Um, and so I don't know what's made him really believe it but he has always been very open and my both my parents are but I had a bedroom in our house when we lived in London for a period of time and I used to say all the time like I hate this bedroom something happened in it it's Mm -hmm. like there's bad energy in there and I would see stuff like I'd wake in the middle of the night and see people standing in the bedroom and it wasn't a nice experience and I remember telling my parents I was quite a bit older then like I was like late teens early 20s and I, re- I remember my parents saying don't ever tell your grandparents because that would really freak them out and they wouldn't believe in that and this and mm-hmm. that and I was like okay like I, I that's fine like I don't need to because they would stay in my room when they came to visit and <laughs> and then like years later I remember talking about it my grandfather was like oh yeah that bedroom was super haunted <laughs> yes <laughs> and then, just didn't want to tell you yeah, guys and freak you yeah exactly and so both my grand and he was like oh yeah nanny felt it too like both my grandparents but my mom was like oh well we i was telling amy not to say anything because we didn't want to freak you out and so meanwhile yeah yeah meanwhile my grandparents totally believed in it as well so it's we have a pretty open uh family and i married into it like my husband is super open and And he's had his own experiences had his own experiences and um his mom is a medium and so we're like a very open sort of on both sides open family about it so Mm -hmm. yeah but um yeah i've i've always believed in it like i never had a moment where right i tried to explain it away yep we're gonna take a brief break We'll be right back with our our guest, Amy. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Hey, welcome back to Phantom Faction Podcast. We have Amy with us telling us all sorts of stories. And we took a bit of a a break there. A a cool break. Yeah. (laughs) Turned out really well for Mm -hmm. us. We went upstairs into the, uh, the theater. Uh, they've just uh, built some sets for the upcoming play in November, December. We just we ran into some uh, some spirits up there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I took my recorder out on my phone to get some burst EVPs, and I asked uh, how many spirits were in the room with us, and we we got a response. I can't. I'll have to listen to it through my headphones later. Right. But then I said, "Is you know referring to the little boy spirit?" And I, we, we've talked about him on the podcast yep. before. I said, "Is there is our little friend Jake or Jesse here with us?" Mm. And we all heard a disembodied voice from behind us say, "Nope." Yeah. <laughs> nope. And then when I replayed it on my phone, you hear the gentleman say, "Nope." Yep. And Amy and I got tons of uh, cool orb pictures on our phones and. Yeah, and uh, so when you we saw go, something like a mist or a dark oh a mist come yeah yeah it was weird just about the time when well we were doing the recording there so yeah and you said it right after the voice said yeah nope. I said Ooh. yeah I said I just saw some mist there rise from the center of the seats and whatever look drain my phone twenty two percent twenty two percent it was like sixty when I yeah. got here 
Yeah. But oh well. <laughs> and when we when we do this, uh, we keep the lights off in the the seated area. So we had little lights behind us, mm-hmm. but uh, other than that. Uh, and then you you turn on your phone, Amy, right? Yeah. And, and what what did you do? There I had the to... flash on, and then I would go to take a flash photo, and it's slow, so the flash yeah. would be on for a few seconds. So the light before stays the on. Yeah. yeah. And you could see these orbs then Tons. zipping toward. There were a lot out yeah. there. Now some people will say, "Oh, that's that's just dust." But when you see the size of <laughs> yeah. these things. This was like the size. One well, of them was like the, the size of a volleyball. Yeah. Dust doesn't go thirty miles an hour. No. And yeah. then stop and then reverse and go the other way. No. And right. Neither do bugs. No. no. And, and the one that Danny you know, and I, when you were over my shoulder and it mm-hmm. came right at us, and it was like the size of a volleyball. So yeah. It's no exactly. piece of dust. Like it was quite big. Yeah. And I definitely saw something whiz by in the seats. Like it looked bigger than an orb. It was more of a mm-hmm. some sort of spirit moving through on in the seats so yeah yeah i think that's what makes this podcast pretty unique is that uh you know we the interactions we get and... yeah and i mean you know we we could be in a studio and recording this in you know a nice beautiful studio but we probably get none of this action no yeah. it's true <laughs> no you're absolutely right yeah the, this theater never disappoints right yeah that's never. right oh and we did the shave and a haircut yes Yep. And uh, we got quite a response there, too. Yep. yep. That, that was loud, too. Like, yeah. kaboom. Quite the yep. loud bang that, I, that I've never really heard. I was just here last night. And I was in the re- room with us. That was yep. in the room. Yeah. Yep. At the back door. I was here uh, last night uh, for a rehearsal, and, you know, I you don't feel anything, see anything, you know, at the time. I'm always sort of aware. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I've never heard that noise in this theater before. That was cool. Yeah. It was like someone rapped hard on the Yep. the back door yeah yep, exactly so, and we're the only ones here yeah so very cool yeah and i, I love the time we did the podcast and that guy came through the wall you said you saw him come through the wall was that upstairs no no it was down oh, here. oh that's right that's right i'm yeah. sitting over there yeah and um this amy this uh and we got an evp didn't we on the yes and there was growl and, yeah yeah that was a different yeah night. But this was a town hall at one time with the theater up above. Oh, okay. And uh, there was jail cells down here. Holding cells. I okay. can't really call them, like, full, you know, yeah. but it would be holding the cells. Drunk tank. The drunk tank. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> Mostly for that. But, uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. that was sort of... Now, that's all been uh, changed now. Uh, you can still see... the dance studio, is it, for the little girls? Well, they have the dance studio just uh, in behind us, and then that was the electrical room and the washroom, and the cells were down on that yeah. part. If you go outside, you can still see the bars oh. on yeah. the windows. Oh, really? But what they've done recently <coughs> is they did a whole bunch of renovations because the theater had, like, one washroom for the guys and one washroom oh. for the girls. So when the theater would put on a play, the women's washroom would be lined up and we'd have to take, like, rather than a 10-minute break, you know, we'd yeah. have to wait for all the women to come back from the washroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Because there was only one there. Uh, so they renovated and put beautiful washrooms, but that took out the jail cells yeah. at that point. And there was a big vault in here at uh, one oh, time oh, for, really? for the town, yeah, and they, they removed the vault as well. So. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. yeah and there's definitely lots of activity in here. Like, we oh, were yeah. here and banging and running around. And yeah. The last podcast, when we did with Carrie Lynn, yeah. it was, the atmosphere in here was like pea soup. Yeah. yeah. You could literally cut it with a knife. Well, I think, you know, you bring... <clears throat> there was something negative and nasty here. Uh, yeah. You bring a medium in here and yeah, yeah. it opens up a whole... <laughs> can of worms. <laughs> That's right. We're going to get to some more uh, of your stories. Mm-hmm. I was particularly interested in one of the 
stories that we talked about over at the restaurant um, uh, about Luca in Ontario. Yeah. Uh, now, anybody, we do have a dance group over here, by the way, if you're... Yeah, yeah, those yeah. are those <laughs> kids. Those Little are girl kids. ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Lucan is uh, well known for a story of the Donleys. Yes. Uh, and this was a family that uh, came in from Ireland uh, way back in the, I guess, mid-1800s. I'm not even too sure. Mm-hmm. Um, your husband would actually know more of this because yeah. he, he lived right in Lucan. He yeah. Was, was yeah. he raised there? Yeah, he was raised there. He moved there when he was like a year or something and lived there his whole life. Right. Yeah. So just a, a brief background on the Donleys is uh, they weren't considered very nice people. No. <laughs> and, um, I, I, you know, I'll kind of make it a long story short, but uh, they maybe helped me out a little bit, but they they... Settled on some land that wasn't yeah, really squatted, theirs. basically. Right. And yeah. they tried to get them off of there. They wouldn't leave. <laughs> they started their own stage company, stagecoach company, uh, and started to try to destroy the other stagecoach company that yeah. was, was there by uh, killing their horses or, or maiming them, breaking their legs. Uh, just some really bad stories. And uh, uh, some people in the area claim that that they weren't all that bad, but the town made them out to be that bad. Right, or they were not yeah. nice people, but some of the stuff that was maybe worse got pinned on them that maybe didn't. Maybe that they didn't. They hadn't do. actually done, but. But because... all in all, the townsfolk got fed up with them. Yeah. Went to their place. Yeah. And vigilante. In one the middle night. of the night, wasn't yeah. it? Got yeah. Got together, big yeah. vigilante, torches lit. Yeah. Marched. It was way out in the country. Marched down this big country road and. Lynched them. Lynched them. <laughs> Burned them all in there. There was two homes, like two farm homes side by side, and they burnt both the homes down. And I, the way I understand it is that one of them wasn't even really, like they were related to the Donnellys, but they weren't even really the Donnellys that were creating all the issues, but they just burnt both houses just right. to just be done to with yeah, And if anybody was listening, uh, if you want to know a little bit more about them, mm-hmm. just Google the Black Donnellys. Yeah, Black yeah. Donnellys, that's what yeah. they were labeled and, uh, as, the Black Donnellys. Yeah, the Donnellys. Black Donnellys. And uh, they're you know, one of those legendary, mm-hmm. notorious families <laughs> like the Hatsfields and McCoys of the States. That's and, right. Right. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. So do you have a, a story about Lucan? Yeah, or? so my husband grew up there, mm-hmm. and uh, his parents built a new house in the 70s at some point. So they had lived in another house, um, and they, his parents decided to build anew on a property. And it was like a street over from the main street. And uh, on the property when they built the house was an old barn, and that barn housed the Donnelly bodies for a period of time after the big vigilante lynch mob (laughs) went in and killed them. So they had been kept in there. And actually, I think in the barn, pretty sure, there was still a stage coat, like the old, like the hearse Mm -hmm. coach was still in there that probably would have transported the bodies. And so my husband always said that property was just always active and didn't like just a lot of stuff going on all the time. And one night he was by himself and he was sleeping. He was a teenager and he slept in the basement room of their house. And the family had gone away somewhere, but he had a hockey game or something and didn't want to miss it. So he, or he had to work or who knows, but he stayed behind. 
and he was in the his ba- basement room gone to bed knew nobody else was coming home nobody they were out of town and uh he could hear big footsteps like somebody was wearing work boots or like mm-hmm. loud stompy feet and he could hear them coming down and he was terrified and he thought it was actually someone in the house and uh and then the it was trying to open his doorknob like it was wiggling the doorknob on his door and so he was terrified, grabbed his hockey stick, <laughs> big man, and went to the... So d- Canadian. Yeah, exactly. His AR-15 hockey stick. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, went over and kind of like whipped the door open to see and like kind of yeah. ready to hit them with the hockey stick and there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. So he went back to bed because what else is he going to do? And he's all by himself in the house. And um, so he gets in and he's just terrified the whole night, just laying in his bed like terrified and can still hear noise can still hear footsteps and stuff and then woke up the next morning clutching a hockey stick in each hand like ready to pounce on someone but sort of made it through the night and, and picturing him with a maple leaf sweater on or something <laughs> uh, Blackhawks all oh, the Black way Hawks. oh yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, he'll be listening to this so we can't it all align him with the Leafs yeah, he's, a big, okay. he's always been a Blackhawks fan so right. yeah but Love he that. was uh yeah, he was, and he said lots of that kind of like noise and mm-hmm. activity within that house. And did yeah, you hear that? I yeah. did that. Yeah, that was like someone went yeah. on yeah. the wood yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It it seems um, Lucan even has stories today about uh, that the road where the uh, I guess where the house house was. Yeah. I forget the name of the line, Biddulph Line or something, something. like that. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah, to be honest. but they they say sometimes uh, people go horseback riding or whatever. Horses will not go down to that uh, yeah. there, or they hear the horses. Yeah, and then there's coming no up horses. the road like a stagecoach or something like that. Uh, mm. So that's always interesting. And uh, it mentioned even Luke in itself. There used to be the cemetery had had a big. Donley uh, cenotaph really yeah. it was it was huge but people were going in there into the cemetery and chipping off pieces <laughs> souvenirs souvenirs yep. pieces of their tombstones so uh, yeah yeah so that is taken down but there is uh, still a plaque there for the Donley family so yeah I think it was in the Catholic um, cemetery by the there's a big Catholic church right there in the mm-hmm. kind of in the middle of nowhere to be honest but right and it was in the cemetery there and and even we, uh, and maybe it has nothing to do with uh, paranormal, but Lucan does struggle these days with uh, yeah. keeping businesses. And yeah. yeah, there's definitely an energy in the town that's a bit different than any one that, because I spent lots of time there, obviously. My husband's family was from there, and yeah. we lived there for a couple of years after we were married, and it definitely has a different energy about it, for sure. And mm. I, I kind of always thought that was maybe why businesses struggled a bit. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, again, it's not like it's a community that's really close that's sustained by a bigger community, like Exeter or London. Right. It would it would kind of need to have its own things in order to survive. And so yeah. interesting that businesses couldn't survive with their own local locals yeah. supporting it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and um, yeah, so lots of, like, my husband's had lots of stories, and then I've had lots of stories, and now we have a daughter, and she is also very sensitive and sees and hears and way more than either of us, to be honest. Right. Like it, she's far more um, sensitive and in tune than either of us are and mm. has been since, honestly, since she could talk. She would start telling right. us 
stories about things that we were like yeah it, we just us being open to it kind of knew what she was talking about but any other parent would be really freaked out by some of the things that she would say or do or mm-hmm. like she would see people or tell us there were people in the hallway or she would say something about talking to papa which is uh blaine's dad died when my husband's dad died when she was about six months so she didn't know him but she would talk about talking to papa and seeing papa and mm-hmm. right from a really young age and and so now um we you know she is definitely um very sensitive can speak to spirit sees lots of different things um and so the other day i was listening to your episode 34 mm-hmm. and i was painting in our spare room and i almost dropped the paint brush right on the floor because i was like what because there was this part where Dan started talking about an author that he was trying to connect with that he'd read her book and was hoping to get her on the show and that she was talking about these little creatures that look like those old stuff, stuffy stuffed animals called um, Furbies. Furbies. Yeah, mm-hmm. Furbies with the big eyes and they were just mini, almost like a gremlin or like yeah. those little furry. They look like the Mugwise from Gremlins kind of. Yeah. yeah. Big eyes and furry, furry ears and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, we, I talked about this on, on an earlier podcast where I, I'd read this book called Sister of Darkness by this girl named Rachel Stavis. And if anybody, you know, anybody's interested in this kind of thing, read her book. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, she mentions that she's able to see non-human entities, but she sees them inside people. So people clear, you know, we have psychics and mediums that clear homes. Mm-hmm. She clears people. Wow. And she mentions in the book, and I've talked about this a couple times, where she sees this little creature, this furry little, you know, one and a half foot tall thing that looks like a Furby. Mm-hmm. And when I read this, I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Because I had seen one one night. Right. And it looked like a little Furby, and it came down <laughs> the hall, and he looked at me, and he was kind of like, Oops, he can see me, and he kind of scurried off uh, behind the other side of the partition in, at, at home. And I was like, oh, that thing looked like a like old Furby. Mm-hmm. And then when I read the book, I was like, okay, someone else has seen the same thing. Right. And then Amy sent me a message, texted me, and she said, oh, my daughter's been seeing these things for years, and yeah. she's got names for them, and she's, yeah. and she's painted drawn them and, and drawn yeah. them. And I was like, wow. Yeah, you showed us some of the drawings. But she says yeah. that they're good she yeah. she thinks they're good. She says they're protectors. Yeah. She oh, okay. calls them protectors, and that they yeah. run around your feet and yeah. they. But even in protection. the book, she mentions that she can't figure out if they're good or bad or mm-hmm. what what their deal is. Yeah, but, but I guess. Yeah, they're, my daughter they're, says they're protectors. They're, they're good, cute little things. And she says like, so I didn't realize she always painted them, and she had them even on her wall. You know those little canvases you can buy at the Dollarama. So yep. she would paint them on those. She had them on her wall for a long time. And I never really asked. I mean, whatever. Kids paint stuff all the time. And so we were going through boxes and just throwing stuff out, purging and donating. Mm-hmm. And I was going through one with her. And I said, okay, well, we'll get rid of these. She said, no, 
you can't get rid of those. I said, why? She goes, those are trogals. That's what she calls them. Right. And I said, oh, what are trogals? And so she starts telling me, and this was only like a month ago. So this is why it was fresh in my mind. So when I'm listening to the podcast and hear Dan talking about it, I paused it immediately and went into her room and dug one out because I knew where one was and took a picture and sent it to Dan and said, like, is this the mm-hmm. Furby thing you're talking about? And then when she, I said to Dan, well, she's not home right now, but when she gets home, I'm going to ask her again to re-explain it to me. Mm-hmm. So she says they're protectors and they they all looked a little bit like they're similar. Like she said, oh, they're about this big, which is mm-hmm. about a foot and a half to two feet. Um, but then you showed me the other picture yeah. where it looks like it's it's like a mass of cotton balls. Yeah, with the eyes. one with the fluff on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the same girl yeah. uh, says it looks like cotton candy or like, yeah. like, a, like a cloud. Yeah. Right? And I was like, holy cow. And that other drawing yeah. looked more like oh cotton candy. Even the coloring of it was like yeah. sort of pinky blue pastel yeah. with it the. It looked like a little big ball of cotton balls with yeah. eyes and yeah. little feet. Yeah. <laughs> and so. uh, she said some live outside, some live inside, some have hair, some don't, some have big eyes, like the Furbies, yeah. some have little eyes. Well, the one that I saw had big eyes. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And he had like the pointy ears, like the Furbies, and mm-hmm. yeah, and he kind of like shuffled along, doot, 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 and yeah. like no legs, just feet, like a penguin yeah. almost. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's so new. I was blown away because I'm listening to this episode, and I was like, what? Yeah. come on, this is because she's talked about it forever, and yeah, and I even texted my dad about it after to tell him the story, and my dad said, oh. She drew a bunch of those for me a while ago. I think I maybe put the put mm-hmm. the drawing away somewhere, but he looked last talk night and couldn't daughter. find it. Yeah, come, you do. I gotta come meet her. And, yeah, yeah. So. She's pretty wild, like some of the stuff. And she, a lot of times, she's closed lip. Like she doesn't just openly always talk about it. Right. But then all of a sudden, she'll something will come out, and she'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know," like very casual about it, and. Uh, so I was explaining to a friend last night that I was coming on the podcast and she listens to the podcast. And then I was saying how I was listening to that episode and about the little Furby things and saying, oh, and at the very end, they talk about the Allura Center for the Arts and some of the investigation they did there. And Addie was sitting there, my daughter, and she go, pi- pipes up and she says, oh, yeah, you guys are talking about the little girl, that mm-hmm. the little girl ghost that lives on the stairs on the landing remember? on the landing when they were there they said the other like the kids that go to the day camps yep they would yep. see this little kid spirit mm-hmm. on, yep. on the landing and yep. her That's daughter described it to a team oh yeah that, you're talking about her and yep. she said uh, yeah she rides down the down the <laughs> rail and so I was like what like word. she's telling me this before she yeah. hears any of what you guys are talking about on the yeah, podcast well, yeah. and where and you talked about an orb that slid board, right that down, slid down, down the rail. <laughs> right. It and looked like a little kid. Like, yeah. You know, and she down. said that this little girl does that and then described to me what she was wearing and what her hair looks like. And I'm getting chills talking yeah. about it. So my dad volunteers there a lot. Like, he's there almost every day. And he, so he's always trying to see stuff. And he, <laughs> he was like, when, when I guess, my daughter told him that story and he, he was like, what? He says, I'm there all the time by myself and I never get to see anything. Yeah. But he was telling a story that there are, like, you guys were talking about the day camp kids, but there's always different things going on in there. And I guess there was a group of kids, and that little ghost girl was sitting in a chair, and they were all gathered around and just thought she was one of them and was 
were talking to her. She was, oh, yeah. that, she was that vivid. She was oh, that vivid. Wow. And then, but then an adult came in, like somebody leading the group and kind of said, what, it, who, who are you guys talking to? And mm-hmm. she, they were all like, well, the new girl. And she the couldn't, couldn't see her. Like the adult couldn't see <laughs> yeah. her sitting in the chair, but all the kids were like talking to her. Like yeah, they thought it? she was real and was part of their group. And she was just new to the group. Yeah. Well, remember the handprints? Yeah. That we, that we yeah. caught on the, on the glass too. Yeah. Like, they were not there no. when we did our initial tour. And then when we went back later, like yeah. an hour, maybe an hour and a half later, there's two little handprints. Yeah, yeah. like little. Right, like, right on the, the mirror. And mm-hmm. it was like, hmm. Yeah. And then we looked up, and about eight, maybe seven feet up, eight feet up, there's uh, like like a, a small window in right. the bathroom. And there was another little handprint. Oh, there was, there. eh? Yeah. And it's like, I, I mean, I'm six foot seven, and I yeah. couldn't reach it. <laughs> yeah. So there's no way a little kid, yeah. you know, unless no. he's Spider-Man, went up there and put his handprint. So that was yeah. kind of like, hmm. Yeah. That was a little weird. And, and the the weird readings we were getting on the K2 near the uh, anvil. On, on the anvil that was on display there. Yeah. Yeah. Like like it was energized. It Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was powerful, and you uh, still can't quite figure out why. No. But the orbs activity in that room too was yeah was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's why I said I. It told was my almost like a highway, a and highway of orbs going, and they're all. Yeah. I think most of them are all going in the same direction too. Yeah. So. I, I said take your phone back, and because I said yeah. if you want to see something, at least you'll get to see orbs if you take <laughs> yeah. your phone back yes. and look and, at it. And the thing was, is is that place is not uh, a forced energy heating system. Like there's no, no it's all radiator. Yeah, it's all radiator, yeah. so you wouldn't get. Uh, dust flying. No, there's no. no windows. The way open. it was, because yeah. it was the fall. I think when we. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Or no, it was spring, springtime. It was this year. Early spring. Yeah, it was okay. early spring. So it's still chilly out. There's no windows open. Right. So. No, um, it was. Uh, and I think we can tell the difference between dust yeah. and bugs and orbs by now. Oh yeah. So yeah, especially yeah. when their orbs are like red yeah. and blue and. And that place is immaculately yeah. clean in there, it's, and yeah. it's you know. Um, I'm not saying that you can't have dusted there, but no. I, I just say that it, yeah. you know, it's not like it's a if you have dormant. a forced air system, even here, it's a forced air system. It's not on right now. No. So whatever orbs you're seeing, you know, that are flying right at you and stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Dust, well, like they're I moving said, pretty doesn't fast. doesn't fly sideways at 30 no. miles an hour. And <laughs> yeah. Stop and then go back the other yeah, way. Yeah, and turn the other way. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. yeah, she just, she'll just pop up with these, like, we'll be talking about something and she'll say, oh yeah, the blah, blah, blah. Like she, mm-hmm. so she doesn't tell us all the time about her stuff, but she right sometimes will chime in. Sometimes she'll tell us. Sometimes she, if you ask her, she's happy to talk about it, but she just doesn't come out with it all the time and, and talk about it. So we're, we're trying to help her through that because that's a yeah. bit different as a kid and how you... Mm-hmm. sort of cope and manage with that and get bombarded by yep. voices and try not to tell people you hear voices because well, not everybody interprets that Exactly. <laughs> and I no. think even myself as a kid, you know, you wanted to be with the cool guys and, be yeah. the, the you know, hang out with the cool people and they wouldn't understand that. No. Or, so you kept a lot of that stuff to yourself, that, you know. Yeah. I said, Dora, am I allowed to talk about you on the podcast? Because I want to respect her too. And sure. she she said, oh, yeah, I don't care. She goes, it's not like my friends are listening to that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but, hey, you know. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we like, don't want no, kids no. listening, right? No. <laughs> no. 18 and all. Yeah, you really Amy did want. drop the F-bomb a little bit. I did a little bit. I'm a little foul <laughs> I've been known to be a bit of a trucker. Uh, that's okay. All right. 
right, Amy, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. You went from a fan to a guest, just like that. This was our 50th show, so... Mm-hmm. Big 5 we, we made the big 5 yeah. That's right. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.